Welcome back to the Tapes Archive podcast, where we release interviews that have never been heard before. In this episode, we have Black Sabbath bassist and lyricist Geezer Butler. At the time of this interview in 1992, Butler was 43 years old and was promoting Sabbath's new album and an upcoming concert date in Indianapolis. In the interview, Butler talks about what happened to his solo career, why he left Ozzy's band, what he thinks about music critics, and the Wayne's World soundtrack. Excellent. As always, we have music critic Mark Allen at the helm conducting the interview. If you'd like to support the show, please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. There, we post other content and information not available on the podcast. If you'd like to read the transcripts for any of our episodes, please head over to our website at thetapesarchive.com. One last thing before we get to the interview, the Tapes Archive podcast is a proud member of Osiris Media, a global community connecting passionate fans with podcasts and experiences about artists and topics you love. Thanks for tuning in, and now it's time to open the vault. Mark Allen, please. This is Mark. Mark, can you hold the geezer Butler? Sure. Thank you. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Hi, this is Mark Allen. The last I had heard of you before the Dehumanizer album was that you were going off to do a solo career. What happened with that? Um, well, I just wanted to spend the time with me family, really. And I sort of took about a year off, completely doing absolutely nothing, just staying with my family. And then I gradually started writing material. And I was looking for a really good singer, but I could never find one. And so I gradually lost interest in the solo sort of side of it just concentrated on writing songs and then um, Ozzy asked me to do the No Rest for the Wicked tour with him and I did that. And then you left his band, right? Yeah. Was it a difference of opinion or you just didn't want to tour at that point? Or? Uh, well, I finished the tour and it was a long tour, about 13 months and um, he asked me to do the new album but I, I did it for about three or four months but I didn't really have any contribution as far as the writing goes so I wasn't really satisfying myself so you know I just said to Ozzy I'm off so at that time I was talking to Tony and Tony really wanted me to come back and do an album with him which led to the Dehumanizer album so you started working with Tony then ran into Dio and is that how it worked yeah I started with Tony and then I was in America on vacation and Ronnie's wife and manager got in touch with me and just invited me down to the to a gig that he's playing at and I went down there and I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't seen him for eight years and it was good to see him, you know, and we just talked about old times and he asked me what I was doing and I told him I was doing an album with Tony. And then we left on really good terms and a couple of months later he phoned me up and asked how things are going and I said, you know, writing some good stuff with Tony and he spoke to Tony and suddenly the, that line-up was back together again. Now you, you said when you were trying to do some solo work that you had a hard time finding a vocalist that you liked. Is that because of who you had worked with in the past? Were you constantly comparing them to Ozzy and Dio? Yeah, because it's, uh, for me it's really strange doing solo stuff because with people like Ozzy and Ronnie and even guitarists like Tony, you know, they get the idea of what you're trying to do, whereas these other people coming in, I, I, I used to have to explain absolutely everything to them. They just didn't have the spirit if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just, uh, I was tying myself in knots in the end. And I just, so I just knocked that on the head and decided to just write the music and the lyrics for future projects, some of which ended up on Dehumanizer. Are you still writing all the lyrics for Black Sabbath? 
No, Ronnie writes most of them. Yeah, he wrote them on uh, Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, uh, I wrote some on this album with him. As far as the song for the Wayne's World soundtrack, did you guys have an option to do that first, or was it you were just working on Dehumanizer and somebody approached you? Well, we've been working about six or seven months writing for the Dehumanizer album, and that was one of the first songs that we had written, and they approached us to do a, a track for Wayne's World, and they specifically asked for some, you know, a new Sabbath song, and that was, we sort of looked at the script and what there was of it, and that sort of fitted more than the other stuff that we had written at that time. We did a demo of it and sent it to them, and they, they, they loved it and used the demo. So you didn't even have to re-record it. No. <laughs> it, it, it uh, <laughs> where is it in the movie? Because I was trying to recall it, and I, I mean, I saw the, the movie quite a while ago, and I can't remember. <laughs> you have to have stereophonic ears, I oh, think. It, did it get um, It's when he's driving in his car and the Terminator guy stops him. Oh, okay. If you remember that part. You can just about hear it in the background. But at least they made it on the soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, we just thought, you know, it's not going to do anything. Soundtrack albums never usually do stuff, especially heavy metal sort of soundtracks. We didn't think anything of it, and the next thing, it's like it's almost up to two million albums now. Plus, it got that track was like one of the most played off it on the radio over there, so it was great to get us known. The whole lineup is back together. Let's talk about Dehumanizer. The idea for it seems pretty fitting. Uh, at least, I mean, I don't know what it's like uh, in England these days, but, but over here it seems fairly fitting uh, as far as the attitude toward government and politics and just general life. Is, is it pretty much that way over in uh, England as well? Yeah, I think the whole world is like that. It seems to be it's more and more the haves and the have-nots. And in fact, the dehumanizer thing came from a short story that I was writing, and I'm continuing to expand the story now. And that was, uh, it's just a lot of the way I thought the world was going. This is for, uh, the track for Computer God. I, I wrote like five-page storyline for Ronnie. And he picked out a lot of the lines in, in the story and used it as the lyrics for Computer God. And the dehumanizer is part of the, the Computer God story sort of thing. But it's just a reflection of how I see the world going. Not a pretty vision, is it? <laughs> nah. Since I knew I was going to talk to you, I went and dug out a, um, a one of two press kits that I've ever saved, and it was from the uh, Never Say Die album. It was the, I don't know if you recall seeing this thing, the, it was a cover, it had Black Sabbath, the Ten Year War, and it had a cartoon <laughs> of you guys. Do you remember this thing? It's yeah, like, I think uh, Tony's yeah, still got one of those. Yeah, more good press than most, more bad press than any, it says on the cover. <laughs> I think it's like one of the greatest, most inventive press kits I ever saw, so I, I saved a copy of it for a long time. Do you still feel that way? Uh, is there still a, a bad feelings or, or a battle between Black Sabbath and, and the uh, critics? Um, not so much now. They seem to, I think they know that they're on a losing battle. Yeah. Uh, especially now that a lot of the new bands are sort of saying that we, we were their major influence and stuff. And it seems like um, the whole Black Sabbath thing has been born again, even though most of it is like the original lineup Sabbath stuff, you know. And uh, I think the critics and the, the people that used to slag us in the 70s are now saying we're the, the greatest heavy metal band of all time and that we invented it and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> There's got to be a lot of satisfaction about that, you know, turning around the critics. Yeah, but I mean, in the end, it doesn't mean anything to us. 
It really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't put money in the bank, that's for sure, to be critically acclaimed. Never even thought about critics don't take any notice of them at all. It's what the kids like and what the people that follow us. We have to, that's our loyalty. Do you think of Sabbath as the first metal band? Not really, because I, I know all the influences that I had when we, well, that we had when we were writing the first album. It was just like an extension of our influences around 1968-69. And what were those influences? Cream, Jimi Hendrix, mainly. There was a few bands in England that we always used to like that didn't get anywhere. There was a band called Art, and they we were all really into that band. They later, I think some of them later became Spooky Tooth. Art, A-R-T? Yeah. Yeah, it was the band. <laughs> okay. I think they made, made one album. We used to see them around all the time, around Birmingham, and uh, we used to really like the music that they did. And, um, and then they became Spooky Tooth and did completely different sorts of music. Oh, okay, so our, oh, I see, I see. Yeah, I remember Spooky Tooth, but I didn't realize they had a history before that. Yeah, I think there was about three of them that was in art that became Spooky Tooth. How does the band, uh, how does Black Sabbath feel to you now? Does it feel right, uh, getting back together? Um, putting it I don't know, I don't think it ever feels right, it's always, uh, we always seem to be living on an edge for some reason. Uh -huh. I think that's what spurs us on, it's just, just when you think you can lie back and relax, something happens and you keep you on your toes again. Has, has something happened recently? Well, <laughs> I'm not going to say. Okay. <laughs> are, are you getting, uh, now your show here is, uh, I think, uh, October 23rd, so that's in like three weeks from today, and so are you still going to be together uh, when you get here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah. it's not that bad yet. Okay. <laughs> no, it's just, we, we all, it's just that we always have differences of opinions, and we just like constantly have different opinions. It's interesting that, that you're coming back, too, at a time that Ozzy says he's retiring from, from touring. Do, do you find that yeah. uh, somewhat ironic, or does it matter? Um, not really. I haven't even thought about that. You're 43, is that right? Yeah. How does this music feel to you? Uh, you know, you've been doing it for, since you were, what, 19 or so? Yeah. Is it, it, does it still feel right to play the, be playing this kind of music? Oh, yeah. It's the only sort of music I'd really enjoy playing. I mean, it's just, just part of my life. It's just like having a third hand or something, you know, it's just, it really is just part of me. And, th and that was one thing I realised when I was uh, touring with Ozzy. I was sort of just going, the uh, Ozzy solo stuff, when I used to play that on stage, it was just, you know, just another song to me, but then when we'd do the old Sabbath stuff, just something would happen, it just used to feel really magical inside me. I really started missing it then. It used to be great to hear Ozzy, you know, to be able to do the old Sabbath stuff with Ozzy singing it and everything. That's what made me miss Tony as well. So when I finished with Ozzy, I went back to Tony and it was, it was, I forgot how great it was to work with him. And it's just, it's still a feeling that it's, I think it's in my soul now, you know, it's just part of me. Just everything's, it's all those memories and feelings and just the, the whole release from life really, is playing those songs. Uh, just a couple other things and I'll let you go. I imagine you've been asked about this before, but uh, has, uh, has, does a satire like this as Spinal Tap make it harder for bands like Black Sabbath? I don't think so. I think um, Spinal Tap, it could have been, I mean, it could have been a lot worse if they'd have picked on a pop band or a soul band or something, but I think just, it's just like because they picked on a heavy metal band, 
you know, you can see every heavy metal band in that film, really. But then I've seen other bands, not heavy metal bands, that make Spinal Tap look like a serious drama. I thought it was a great laugh. I mean, it's probably the most played video on any heavy metal band's tour bus. Yeah, no question about it. I, and and since you guys came, obviously way before that, it's. Um, I mean, it, you guys set the stage for for all that kind of theatrics and and such. But wonder these days when when bands look at that, if, and especially with Spinal Tap doing its own tour. They think, geez, now we got these guys have taken it too far. But no, I think you have to have a sense of humor about the whole thing. I mean, you know, if you take it ser really seriously, I mean, sometimes I think of, of me being a 43 year old bloke up, up on stage jumping about, you know, and I mean, that's a laugh to me sometimes, but uh, so you can't <laughs> take it too seriously. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want me to tell people? Uh, the tour that you're doing now, is it's, it's uh, is it a wide-ranging... Uh, uh, you're taking stuff from all the periods of Black Sabbath? You're playing... Uh, yeah, we'll be doing about uh, four from the Aussie era, mm -hmm. uh, about six from Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules, and about five from the new stuff. And uh, anything else you want me to tell people about the band or you or uh, that we haven't touched on? Uh, not really, no. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time and uh, we'll see you in uh, three weeks. Okay, cheers Mark. Okay, thanks guys. Take care. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tapes Archive podcast. Please remember you can always find more information about the show and the individual episodes at our website, thetapesarchive.com. Until next time, the vault is closed. <laughs>